Noah Glanville is the founder and CEO of Pit Barrel Cooker Company. After serving as a Navy corpsman attached to a Marine Corps unit in Iraq, he returned home and started what is now a very popular brand in the outdoor cooking industry. Through grit and determination, Noah continues to successfully navigate one of the most competitive industries. Coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Service isn't just what Navy Federal Credit Union does, it's who they are. That's why Navy Federal created tools to help you earn and save more. Learn more at NavyFederal.org join. All right, we're talking with Navy veteran Noah Glanville, founder of Pit Barrel Cooker Company. Noah, thanks for being here today. Looking forward to hearing all the good things you're doing with, with your company. And, uh, of course, every, you know, barbecue is one of my favorite things, so I really want to hear about that. Uh, before we get started, take us back. Tell us what you did in the Navy. Well, thanks, Joe. I uh, appreciate you having me on. I was a Navy corpsman with the Marine Corps. Uh, had the pleasure of serving with, for most of my career, 1st Battalion, 5th Marines. And it was uh, some of the best and worst years of my life, for sure. But um, mostly because of combat. But, um, you know, an amazing journey and made some really good good friends, lifelong friends. Yeah. How many years were you in the Navy? Uh, six years. And pretty much all, all, all six years were with, uh, with the 1st Marine Division. Yeah. Wow. Game on from, from the get-go, huh? How many Pretty deployments? Much. Uh, I was over, I was overseas. I went w- deployed to East Timor. That was kind of the first little conflict oh, yeah, uh, we were a part of. And that was, gosh, I guess, 90, 99. And then, uh, then, then Iraq and uh, then got out and I guess uh, still, still had a desire to go back over and then went to work for Blackwater. And that's, that's a whole nother chapter of, of, of my life. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Well, talk about your transition out of the Navy. Um, you know, was it, was it planned? Did you have a lot, did you have a lot of prep preparation ahead of time or did you prepare or was it just something that happened real quick for you? I think that I was ready to get out. Um, and, but I, you know, I wasn't quite sure what the, what the, the long-term effects or short-term effects were of, of PTSD. And, and, and I, you know, I talk openly about it cause I think it's important. Um, you know, I, I knew I wanted to, wanted to get out and I, I was kind of a, always an entrepreneur at heart. Uh, you know, I always had a lot clearing business or weed eating or something going on when I was little and realized from a, from a young age that, you know, I, I wanted to bid on the job or I wanted to kind of be my own boss and, and have more control. Um, when I, when I got out, I'd started a mobile auto detail and in Orange County and it was doing pretty good. And then the, the, the ordinance said that you can't have any water go down the drain. And so that made it very difficult to have a mobile auto detail and, and wash cars and not have water go down the drain. So we dealt with mats and things to try to retain the water and, and uh, it, nothing was very efficient. And so um, got out and then went to work for a company called Extra Lease. And that was, you know, a big Berkshire Hathaway company, big corporation. And I did well on that. I moved up through, through, through the, 
uh, through the ranks, if you will, pretty quick, became an operations manager, but that's still, and it was a great experience. And, but I believe that, you know, that was something that it was just one more underline of, you need to do something, um, you need to start a business. And, and ultimately, uh, my wife and I, we decided to come out with a product and go all in with it. And, 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 and we definitely have, and that's, that's the pit barrel cooker today. Yeah. And so you hadn't ever produced a product or sold a product before, but your first idea, the pit barrel cooker is what you're still selling today. It, it is. And, and, and that's actually the, the, the way you frame it up is, is kind of an interesting lens to look through because never having an idea of retail yeah. and, you know, not only did we go into the retail business, but we, you know, we, we, we jumped in headfirst and touch every aspect, aspect of, of business and trade from, you know, negotiating the raw material good to the trip that it takes, uh, importing it into the United States. We, we export, we ship all over the world, uh, to different distributors. But then once it gets here, uh, the marketing, uh, the development, uh, the operations, logistics, uh, you know, wholesale, retail, distributor model, everything, um, dealing with the buyers. We, 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 handle all of it to, to the customer service to it, it ending up on the consumer's door. Yeah. What a, what a learning curve that that's been. How, how long have you been, when, when was the first idea of the pit barrel cooker? Uh, I would say is right around early 2010, 2009. Oh, okay. And when I started and my goal, <clears throat> excuse me, I was contracting for Blackwater at the time and, uh, overseas. And I, you know, I thought I was saving my money to go to culinary school. I always loved to entertain, um, and thought I want to open up a restaurant and everyone said, that's probably the worst way to go or the easiest way to go broke rather. And, <laughs> uh, and they're probably right. And so I said, well, what is it about entertaining and, and food and cooking and, and that, that really intrigues me. And that's just the act in doing it. And, um, and I, and I was, I could cook anything on a hibachi or, or any kind of grill, but I thought if we could take the guesswork out and truly make something that's affordable, that we're not gouging the customer and is simple and our product, I, I really truly believe is, and if we could do that, maybe we really have something and, and possibly put some intellectual property behind it and really increase the quality with the coating. So it lasts, uh, you know, what then? And, and I think that, you know, we were able to do that. We went, I'll never forget the day, you know, the, the, the IP attorney said, well, you're looking at X amount of dollars. And it was, it was thousands and thousands of dollars to, to do a, a utility patent. Yeah. And I looked at my wife and I said, what do you think? And she said, I trust you. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> so, you know, several mental breakdowns, you know, each of us after 13 years and, you know, and, and, and I, th- I think we'll get kind of more into that with, you know, risk adverse and, and, and taking chances of an entrepreneur and, um, and, you know, and literally coming out. I mean, I just, I just lived through combat still operated in, in, in Iraq and Afghanistan as a contractor. So I didn't know anything else as far as taking chances. 
And, and you, I think you definitely have to be willing to take chances uh, or you most certainly do as an entrepreneur. And I think that's something really, really important to, to point out and talk a little bit about. Yeah. As a member owned not-for-profit, Navy Federal puts members at the heart of every single thing that they do. Low fees and great rates, resources to help you crush your financial goals, 24-7 access to stateside member service representatives with award-winning customer service. Members can enjoy earnings and savings of $473 per year by banking with us, an average credit card APR that's 6% lower than the industry average, a market-leading regular savings rate nearly two times the industry average. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA. Navy Federal reserves the right to change or discontinue promotions and rates at any time without notice. Dollar value represents the results of the 2022 Navy Federal member giveback study. Credit card value claim based on 2022 internal average APR assigned to members compared to advertised industry APR average published on creditcards.com. Value based on 2022 internal regular savings rate average compared to the 2022 industry regular savings rate average published on the FDIC.gov. Experts say that China is hoarding a massive amount of food. They will soon have over two-thirds of the globe's corn reserves, over half of its rice, and over half of its wheat. But when asked about it, China lies. One China expert says they, of course, will never admit to something like that. Well, what does China know that we don't? When it comes to the global food shortages, China is the canary in the coal mine. You see, China is the world's number one food importer. They rely on the rest of the world to keep their people fed. So they can't afford to mess up or there will be riots, civil panic, or even worse, when over a billion people can't eat. What does that mean for Americans like you and me? Two words, food shortages. That's why it's a smart idea to stock up on the kit of the best-selling Four Patriots Survival Food. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriots Survival Food Kits. Hand-packed in the USA, these kits are compact and stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. And their five-star reviews on the website rave about the flavor and taste. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase of 4Patriots Survival Food by typing in the code VETERAN at checkout. Just go to 4Patriots.com and use code VETERAN to get 10% off your first purchase of 4Patriots Survival Food. That's 4Patriots.com. Use code VETERAN. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. A busy fall schedule doesn't always leave you with time to spare. And with HelloFresh, you don't need to spend all evening in the kitchen to whip up a wholesome meal. With their quick and easy recipes and 15-minute meals, you can get a tasty dinner on the table in less time than it takes to get takeout or delivery. And of course, HelloFresh is much healthier than any takeout or delivery. HelloFresh is more than just dinners. You can also stock your fridge with easy breakfasts, quick lunches, and fresh snacks. Just shop HelloFresh Market and add any other tasty, time-saving solutions to your weekly box. We love the variety that HelloFresh gives us. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Veteran and use the code 50Veteran for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. To get America's number one meal kit, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Veteran and use code 50Veteran for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. All right, back talking with Navy veteran Noah Glanville, founder of Pit Barrel Cooker Company. All right, so talk a little bit about the the patent process. Um, you know, sometimes people think it's all about the patent, and you do have to protect your stuff, of course, but I used to be a, a member of this inve- inventors group in Kansas City, 
I go to their meetings once a month and like their badge of honor was, you know, their, their red badge of courage was how many patents they have hanging on the wall. And I was an Amazon seller at the time. So I grabbed a few of these guys products and had them produced and started selling them on Amazon. And I always used to ask these guys, I'm like, well, well, you got four patents. So, So how much money have you made? Well, I've never sold them. Like, well, it was like, the inventors group, the whole, the, the creme de la creme was actually getting the patent. It wasn't like anything beyond that. And, and that is the difference between an inventor and an entrepreneur. An inventor invents things. An entrepreneur takes something and figures out how to go make money on it or how, how to make it, you know, get it to make money. Um, and I was like, it's just, it, I used to run in like all of them were that way. I'm like, Hey man, we could get this thing made over in China. Oh, I don't want it made in China. Like, okay. Um, where do you want it made? Well, I just make them in my garage. I'm like, well, how many have you made so far? I've made like 10 in the last year. Like, so it takes me about a month to make one, you know? And it's, I mean, can you imagine making make you, you in there carving out your own pit barrel cooker on your, on your own? These guys get so wrapped up around the patent thing. But if you come out with something like your product and you don't have a patent, someone knocks it off, you know, and then maybe you're out of business. So, Talk about the patent pro- your experience with the patent process. Yeah, Joe, it, it, it's it's such an interesting topic, and and I think you could talk for hours about intellectual property and the patent process. And do you do you do it? Do you not? Um, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. There's there's folks you walk into the office, and you see all these patents on the wall, and nothing's been done with any of them. Yeah. And, 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 and I think it is, it's, it's some people look at it as a badge of honor, like they're, they're, they're an inventor and, you know, not taking anything away. At least they, they went through the process. And I think that we, from our standpoint, I can only speak from my experience. We, we overprotect. So what you call overprotecting, and that's probably going a little bit too far with, with protecting. We, you know, we had some, some interesting things happen in the, in the early stages of our business that, uh, you know, maybe scarred us a little bit. And so that we do overprotect, we're known in the industry to, for going to the mat, 100% over RIP intellectual property, you know, trade secrets, confidential business information. You know, we take that seriously and pardon me. I think that the, where, where you, I, I get asked the question all the time. Do we, should I, should I, should I patent this product? Should I do a, a design patent? Should I do a, a utility patent? You know, the design patents have come a long way with, with protection and, and some laws have changed to where um, it's a little harder to get around those, which I think is a good thing because utility patents are extremely expensive and, and take a lot of time. The, what I'll tell people is there's a lot of value in being first to market. And if you just run, run at it, you can really get paralyzed and bogged down with, with a patent. And then that's your focus. And then you see anyone that, that even treads in your direction, you are thinking about things that you probably don't know anything about. And that's, you know, litigation. And do I go after this person? And it, it it's a distraction ultimately. And so I mean, unless you've invented the time machine or something really interesting and something that you absolutely no doubt should protect, my recommendation these days is to be first to market, 
hell bent, put the head down and just go. And, and, um, you know, there's a lot to be said for having a story, creating a brand, being, being the pioneer in it and putting that time, money and bandwidth into marketing and getting good people. Uh, that, you know, that's kind of more my recommendation on it because at the end of the day, and this is, if, if there was one way to state it, and this is probably the most important way with patents and, uh, and protecting is a patent is only worth what you're willing to spend to protect it. So (laughs) if, so say you, you spend thousands of dollars, you get the piece of paper and someone ultimately rips you off for lack of better words you don't get to take that piece of paper and wave it in front of a judge and, and all your problems go away. That's, it's a very long process to take years and hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to, to ultimately have your day in court with that piece of paper. So really important to think through that and understand that before you decide to go down the path of, of, you know, protecting whatever concept idea you have. I I think that's super important. And, and there's a lot of information out there. You can, you know, an entrepreneur, anybody can get to, to kind of further dive into that. Yeah. I've seen, I got an Amazon seller buddy that he, he took, took his competitors to task and he ended up, he ended up getting quite a bit of money out of it because like Amazon locked all their, all the competitors accounts with the money in the account. And he was able to get most of that money. He had to give some of it back to like one company, but all the rest of them were small time people. And they're like, all right. And they just took off and left the money. And um, so, but still it was like a two year process, you know, to finally make it all, have it all flush out. But, um, and I know of other people that have taken people to court and taken them to task. And in the end, it's not like the, the company has to give you a bunch of money because of what they've done. It's like, okay, well, okay, I guess we'll stop then at like two years and all this money you've spent and almost the best you could hope for is they just have to stop. Um, so yeah, first to market, you're way down the road before anybody else is able to even follow you. There, you know, one thing about the, the inventor group they they knew of this individual who's like in the New York area and the way he found products to copy was he would go on uh uh i can't think of the name what are those those uh funding websites where you're like i've got a great idea would you like to help me take my idea to market uh, like sure. like yeah the, go fund me or like something like the that. go fund me that's a newer one like what was there was what was the original one uh i can't remember the name of the original but you can get ask people to fund anything like help me fund writing my book help me fund doing this help me fund doing that and any ones that were like got way more money than they ever asked for and, ex- and all of a sudden were like extremely popular, that's the, those are the products that this guy would take his people and he would copy the product. And he'd, he'd, sometimes he'd beat the people to market with their idea because he would just go on these websites and like, this is going to be really popular. Look at people's boom. And he would beat people to market. <laughs> that, that, was yeah. his, that was his MO. People are divulging their great ideas on these websites to get funding, and he was, he was, uh, you know, swiping them off the top and and running ahead of him with it, <laughs> like yeah, for sure. And, and you know, it's interesting. I mean, if if someone really was perplexed on whether or not you know they come up with an idea and they believe it's novel, uh, 
there, there are a lot of ways you can, you can kind of tie things up for a number of, you know, a, a year or two that gives you a chance. You don't have to spend a lot of money up front. Um, you know, provisional patent, uh, you know, you could just apply for a design patent and it, it's not super expensive and, and it, it gives you kind of a placeholder and is, is a notice to, to other larger companies that, uh, the, you know, they can't see the patent. It's not public. They just know that there's a patent, there's a patent pending. And that is, that's not a bad idea and good protection, but boy, you know, jumping into a utility patent right out of the gate for someone that's just trying to get their business going is, yeah. is definitely a, a big consideration. Cause you're going to spend thousands of dollars in a couple of years trying to get that patent where somebody else takes the idea and run with it and they're way down the road you know, and you're still worried about trying to get your patent. So, but yeah, you can start the process and keep on moving forward with the product if you're, if you have, if you're able to do both uh, in a parallel way. So anyways, um, enough of that boring patent talk, but you know, it's always great to protect yourself, yourself and your stuff, but sometimes you can get too wrapped up in it and, um, you know, end up shooting yourself in the foot or getting nowhere with it. So uh, something to think about. Um, so talk about like where, where the original idea for your cooker come from? Like, did you, did you make a couple by hand on your own or how'd you, how'd you fashion the first few of them? Sure. I, I yeah, I've always known that drum, the drum cooking environment, um, and where I'm from, uh, you know, cooking and drums, you know, have, has been something that, you know, people have done. Uh, there's also places in, in Virginia and different places spread out throughout the country that, you know, people have used just different, you know, drums have been around a long time. So they're kind of a natural apparatus, if you will, uh, for a cooking environment, whether they cut the bottom completely out or they, they, whatever fuel and heat source you use at the bottom. So I've always known that a vertical, you know, heat goes up, that that environment was always very consistent. And, and I think the best way that, you know, the best results you get with food is time, consistency, and temperature. And if you can really control all those things, you, you can, you can have a great result. And so you know, what's known as a pit barrel today has all those features and it has it naturally. And it, you know, you don't have to overthink it. And then if we were able to, you know, incorporate hanging the meat vertically, which then really increases your capacity and, you know, the, the, you know, juices from the meat dripping directly down over the coals. So there's no water pan there. It's not an offset. It's not a stick burner. You can then introduce something, which, which we did. And that's something completely new. Uh, and that's known as hot and fast. So there was the low and slow, the 225, 250 textbook temperatures forever mm-hmm. for smoking meat. And what, you know, a lot, many would consider traditional barbecue. And all of a sudden we come out with something that is, you know, 275, 310 degrees. And people, you would throw out those temperatures. I remember, you know, 13 years ago, we throw out those temperatures and, and the, the know-it-alls in the industry would say it's impossible. You, you're going to ruin everything cooking at those temperatures. And, and people would say, how, how do you, how do you do it? Not only is the food better and, and amazing, but how is this possible? And really it's creating that environment that has a lot more humidity in, in that heat, which allows you to get away with higher temperature because those juices are dripping dr- directly down on the coals, causing that, 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 um, you know, that kind of smoke fog, if you will, uh, and, and, and more of a uh, humid environment, uh, not really steam, 
but, but I guess in a way that it is, and that allows you to get away with hotter temperature. So that's, that was something new and, you know, it's, you know, it's winning competition and, you know, the results don't lie, but that's, um, you know, something that we were able to, to see was, was a miss and a box that could be checked. And again, it's charcoal, it's real fire and you don't have to, um, you know, you don't have to plug it in. There's no apps. And, and so, so we're proud of that. And I think it's, 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 it's a step and it's a step back, but in a direction that I think is probably good for our country. Not, not one more reason to be pulled towards your phone. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you can be, you can use it off the grid too, right? No electricity required. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so go back to the, the beginning days. Um, were you able to self-fund it all, all the way through? Or you guys have been around for a while now, so um, have you done any funding rounds or have you been able to just build and bootstrap it yourself? Uh, we maxed out every credit card. Um, <laughs> you know, b- bar- borrowed, some, borrowed some money from, from my parents, um, you know, paid, paid every dime back. And, you know, just, yeah, we, we through grit and, and, and hard work, I remember going into a bank and, and, you know, they said, well, what do you have? And the short answer was nothing. <laughs> I've, right. I've got a, I've got a car payment on a vehicle yeah. and, and, and rent, uh, you know, I, I didn't even have a, my own garage. I, I used my neighbors to get going and, um, you know, keeping your doors open, having the right connections and, and being that person that, you know, is, is people can trust. And I've always been super passionate and, you know, it had the attitude I'll, I'll, if I don't make it, it's because I died along the way. <laughs> and you have to have that, that perspective, you know, to at least that that's what we did. And yeah. yeah. Well, so it's been tough, but at least you don't owe anybody any money, right? Nope. Yeah. And you've been doing this for, I think you said something about Oh nine or 2010. So over, over 10 years now, right? Correct. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. started in, in early 2010. Wow. And how many, how many, is it just the main product that you guys have or you have all sorts of other sidebar products and variations? Yeah. So a lot can happen in 13 years. Uh, we started out with our, 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 our signature PBC, which is an 18 and a half inch, uh, you know, traditionally known as like a 30 gallon drum. And then, then we came out with a smaller model, 14 inch diameter. And then there was a demand, uh, for that larger, you know, 55 gallon, uh, diameter type drum, which is a 22 and a half inch. So we came out with that, but it's, it's so, I think people were used to 55 gallons and they thought that that's what they needed. And, um, and you have to cook a heck of a lot of food and make it worth it. I mean, if you're having block parties and cooking for a lot of people, then, then that PBX is, is, is a great, great product. But if just everyday normal barbecue, uh, you know, just a few people or a handful of people, uh, a junior or, or the, the traditional PBC, I mean, you can hang eight racks of ribs in, in the, in the middle size at one time. Yeah. So it's quite a bit of food. Yeah. People, I guess people's conception is they're, they're used to horizontal grills and, and the size of what those things are, the, the width of them and depth and, uh, they don't think about the vertical and how, how much more you can fit into the vertical concept. Sure. And, and, and the footprint, I mean, what we've got, and, and this is kind of, you know, relatively new, but we, you know, we have, 
since we came out with that PBX, you know, some in the commercial space, caters, restaurants, um, you know, venues that have to cook a lot of food, they're, they're getting these things. And, and I mean, for the price, you absolutely can't beat it. And, you know, it's commercial quality and the amount of food you can cook in those things. And for the price, there's nothing else out there like it. So there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, restaurants and, and folks, um, taking advantage of that and, the food is better than anything they can cook in the kitchen or any other, you know, offset large capacity cooker. Yeah. So t- talk about in the beginning, like who were some of your first customers and how'd you first start selling it? Our first customers were literally butcher stores, little, you know, hardware shops, really? play, any place that would sell seasoning and, um, and, you know, a barbecue or, or cooker cooking device. And so, you know, I'd stand out and in, in, on, on the literally on the corner, right out in front of the the store, and the, you know, I'd start cooking some food up and and just hand out samples and talk to the public about it. And you know, I did that starting in Colorado. We did big tailgate games at the Broncos, and you know, would introduce to thousands of people. And then you know, and I'd travel around the country and and um, kind of plant the seed in different cities and places. And and um, and then you know, another big way was the influencers and we had some great influencers, you know, from the beginning on YouTube yeah. that uh, were a huge help to us. No kidding. So, I mean, that's like, so the hardware store that was selling your pit barrel, you just stand out in front of that store cooking meat and getting people's attention. And then people go inside and buy the, buy the smoker or the, or the cooker. It, it, that was the idea or, or you get into a 30 minute conversation about how they can make one. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, it was, uh, but I think, I think people have seen, you know, the the quality and, you know, if you're, if, if, if you're, even if your time was worth nothing to you, you you still couldn't make exactly what we do, you know, with it porcelain coated, I mean, you'd have to have a lot of things and, and, um, you know, the quality and what you get and for the price, you can't beat it. Porcelain coated, really? Porcelain coated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Does that stuff ever come off? Uh, if you, yeah, if you were uh, somehow be able to heat it up to molten temperatures, you know, you it's glass frit. Um, and so it's sprayed on and it's, you know, to a substrate that, you know, is, has to be a, a real low carbon steel and then, and then heat it up in a, in a, basically a furnace to 1450 degrees molten temperature to, to melt and bond to it. So, you know, unless you have one of those laying around your house, you're probably not going to porcelain coat it. <laughs> Wow. No kidding. So that, so it's going to last a long time. Not, not, not going to start rusting out on you anytime soon. Correct. And that's a big difference. You know, it's same kind of coating as like what you would see from Weber. It's, it's, it's good, good quality stuff. Yeah. Wow. What's, what's the concept of, of your cooker versus like one of those eggs that's like really thick, almost concrete and heavy. Well, I I think there's a lot of, so let, we'll, we'll call it the, the you know, the, 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 uh, the ceramics, if oh, you will. Yeah. And, and so, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of those brands very similar to the egg out there. Um, you know, I mean, I, I guess the, the, the biggest differences are the, the kind of heat environment, the capacity and, uh, you know, the, the, the control you have over it. Um, I mean, you really need to know what you're doing with those and the vent settings and the controls. If you open the lid, it can get really, really hot. And I think there's just some differences with it. There's, you know, some folks that like it 
but here's what I can tell you. That's a fact, you know, people that have those and, and a bunch of other different cookers, they get ours for a fraction of the cost and they say, I don't use any of those anymore. It's, it's, it's that good. I wish I knew about your product first. So it's, you know, I think, um, and, and, and the price point, you know, we don't have to, um, you know, we, we, we can charge the customer a fair price and we want as many people to have it versus, you know, the, the guy that, you know, ha- has, has the expensive, you know, ceramic cooker uh, and, and, and the Rolex watch. And it's a statement, um, <laughs> on the patio, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we'd rather sell to, to just anyone that really likes the best food yeah. and it be affordable. Awesome. Well, uh, no, we are getting close to the end of our time here, so I want to give you the last word. Hey, first of all, how do we find uh, Pit Barrel Cooker Company? Our easiest way, just go right online, pitbarrelcooker.com. And, um, but, you know, we're, we're also real people here. There's, there's a number you can get a hold of us, talk directly to us, and, um, you know, with, with, with any questions. Yeah, and that's the best place to go buy it? It is, yep, right, right, right to the website. Uh, you know, we're sold on Amazon, Home Depot, uh, dot com and but you know whatever whatever works works best for you there's several avenues yeah that's awesome all right i do want to give you the last word if you're talking to fellow veteran out there somebody on their way out of the military looking to start their own business whether it be service type product type business what kind of advice comes to mind i would say that if, if you if you're a veteran and you're you're coming out and you've you know you've struggled with ptsd uh, or have gone through combat, you have something that not many other people have. And that's, and, and it cuts both ways. And for many, many years, I said to people, just, you know, when you come back, find someone you can talk with, uh, give back and stay busy. And there's a few more things in there after 13 years of bagging a lot of things on and running a million miles an hour that you need to keep yourself, you know, a kind of a mental gut check once in a while down the road. And, uh, you know, there's, there's people, I'm not the smartest guy by far, but I'm super passionate and I'm willing to take chances. And that's something that veterans can definitely do and, and are apt to do. And, and don't forget about that, that, you know, there's people that are 10 times smarter than me, but would never in a million years take the chance of going into business on their own. So having that drive, and that gut gut decision to say, I've been through the worst. I've been through, you know, people losing their lives, losing limbs. This is just another day. And you can persevere through things that other people wouldn't even think of doing that are, you know, that, that kill it academically. So don't let that, don't let that uh, deter you. But once you are on, on that path, do some things for yourself mentally to keep you, keep you in, 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 in tune and on track for your family and yourself. Yeah. Awesome. Well said. All right, Noah. Well, uh, appreciate you sharing your entrepreneurial success story. You're, you're well in it for, for a long time, over a decade now. And um, looks like you're well along your way. I look forward to uh, seeing your future success. And thanks for sharing your story. Th- thanks a bunch, Joe. Appreciate it. Anytime. You bet. All right. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show... Leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.